Sorry. Ugh. We're I back. Did, did we That's go? how good the pre-show chat was. Yeah. Dylan's I yawning. It was just Dylan yawning and me trying to decipher what his yawns were. I got uh, them all out. All 500 a, of them. Yeah. It was a weird form of pig Latin. He's like, hur, hur, hur. I told you. I told you I could yawn 500 <laughs> times before we started the show, and I did it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you got them all out. <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of Twitching Upstream. This is episode 45, which is amazing. Uh, we are here again with Mr. Michael Colby. And the reason why, mm, we all know. We'll probably yeah, tell you later. Uh, uh, I don't show, know either. Yeah, we accidentally uh, 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 emailed the link out to all of our friends. and uh, <laughs> He's the only one who clicked on the... Yeah, yeah, he clicked yeah. on like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is uh, my own fault. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, if you don't know what this show is, this is an offshoot of one of our shows called Talking Upstream, in which we find some of our favorite creators, and we interview them. We find out why they do what they do, how they do what they do, and then Dylan and I, we pitch some weird stuff to them, and uh, together we make something cool. Uh, we have roughly 42 episodes of that, and you can check those out over our YouTube channel. Um one of the things that we did was we pitched uh, a very weird idea to Mr. Michael Colby and his friend Jack Billings, uh, and <laughs> together uh, we, we kind of made... That was Jack uh, that we pitched that to. Yes. Oh, 100%, yeah. Uh, and uh, together we made uh, this thing, and uh, we're going to work on it later. Uh, before then, I always have some kind of weird nerd stuff that I want to chat about, uh, so I can feel <laughs> worse about myself and my friends, because nobody ever wants to talk about what I want to talk about. But here we go, guys. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but there was a pretty important game that came on uh, the other day, right? There's a, a, a game that won with a touchdown and a kick. Um but more importantly, it is the commercial highlight of the year. Uh, did either one of you guys uh, happen to watch the commercials or whatever happens in between the commercials on this Sunday? Because I didn't. I just watched a couple of the commercials. No. no? Nobody's uh, uh, super super cup fans? All right. Well, there was a couple of cool commercials <laughs> that I thought were, were pretty interesting. One of which uh, I thought was cool was they, they did. No, um, I've, I've been saying at work. I've been saying at work that it was the purple guys versus the orange guys. Yeah, just, I couldn't tell you who was in it. I'm just glad both teams had fun. Yeah, they probably did. Uh, some butt slapping, a little bit Am of coin I flipping. Am I behind again? I think so. I don't. I don't know how to answer that. Yes. <laughs> Either way, purple guys versus the orange guys. Uh, but a couple of the cool commercials that I saw. One was they had Jim Carrey doing his uh, a cable guy. Uh, re thing where it was him talking about internet cable. It was kind of cool, but it seemed forced. It was <laughs> it was a bit weird. Um, there was also the one commercial that had Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed up as Zeus, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. There's uh, Zendaya sells the seashells by the seashore, which was a fine commercial for maybe a credit card. I have no idea. Um, but there was some pretty 
interesting like mcu commercials like there was a new doctor strange trailer that just came out which kind of highlighted a bunch of new things and did you guys happen to catch this trailer for doctor strange yes now <laughs> michael Coleman, answer me in four minutes um now <laughs> uh in the commercial you see a couple things uh one of the highlights to me was when no. uh it had a bunch of old <laughs> i want to uh, zach hold on i want to figure this out michael tell me uh when you hear this that that wow when you say Oof. this wow you got like yeah. a 10 second delay on there wow Oof. 10 that's, seconds behind that's tough okay i'll be back uh, okay. yeah <laughs> uh but one of the highlights like i said is, is there's a shot that has uh dr strange being uh walked into a room by a procession of ultron bots and then it looks like there's a room that has six or seven chairs which to me being a comic nerd that would let me think the illuminati mm -hmm. uh, do you know anything about the illuminati in uh in, in comic lore i read planet hulk when they send him to outer space so i know who okay. it is yeah yeah i know i know so the illuminati yeah so usually illuminati is like the super smarts of all of the, the the universe throughout marvel they get together and just kind of make sure shit goes right uh usually it is a reed richards uh it is a tony stark it is a professor x uh usually a black bolt namor, namor. Uh, black panther yeah um now, I think that what they're doing, and I think this is actually pretty smart, is I think that Marvel is using this to get fan service out of the way while also doing the things they want to do. For instance, everybody wants to see John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Now, this is a way to show John Krasinski as a Reed Richards without actually having John Krasinski play this role forever. Now, my question to you is, in every iteration of the Illuminati, there is a Tony Stark. Robert Downey Jr. is not going to come back, not just yet. Do you think there's any chance that the fan casting from the late 90s is Tom Cruise would be there as like just mega fan service? That's what the rumor has been, and that's what the leaks were. Yeah. Um, at this point, I can't rule out anything, really. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to say what a what a powerful way and what a I I don't know if clever is the right word, but what a way to establish even retroactive ownership of your IP. Like, yeah, now, like now, like we got, <clears throat> we've got the Sony and the Fox versions of Spider-Man in there. We're yeah. probably going to get a, a reference to the X-Men. Well, I mean, we're at this point, I'm willing to put money on the fact we're going to get the word mutant probably used in some capacity in here. Yeah. And what a way to really just kind of solidify that this is Disney, like all of it. Yeah. And it's pretty interesting. And, and you're right. Like what they've done and the way they've written this stuff is they've taken things that are not their property and made it their property. Technically, the uh, chronological, the first MCU film now is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which is kind of insane if you think about it. Is um, it not X-Men 1? Um, well, so far, oh, I guess chronologically MCU. Yes. Okay. No, I, yeah, get yeah. You're but right. until I think this, when this movie comes out, because there's very clear that it is, it is a Patrick Stewart is yeah. in there, which means yeah. that one of the two ish cat, cause there's like two or three Patrick Stewart 
um, Professor X's. Now, Logan one doesn't really count. That's a different one than the one that's in the movies. But either way, like you have a Patrick Stewart, you have a Reed Richards, you mm -hmm. have a Tony Stark, and you get all the fan service out of the way, and then you recreate any characters you want by using the multiverse. I think it's pretty cool. Here's what I think. Uh, you know what would be funny? If they have uh, Patrick Stewart playing Stan Lee. That'd be amazing. No, that'd be well, really... That would be horrific and ghoulish <laughs> <laughs> ghoulish uh speaking of ghoulish i was gonna hop over to star wars and um i was gonna ask you guys if you happen to see uh the book of boba fett did you did you watch this at all i haven't finished it yet i well, didn't start it yet <laughs> i'm sure that this is not spoilers but you know luke skywalker is a character in the book of boba fett and doing some research it, it turns out it's a pretty interesting thing what they did with Luke, you know, they have a body double that kind of mimics his, you know, movement. Uh, they have a computer uh, as a puppet using his face. And they even got the guy who did it on YouTube, you know, from The Mandalorian Season 2. And I found this out, but they actually took all of the words that Luke Skywalker says in the 70s and the 80s, put it into a computer, and then actually have the computer spit out the words. So Mark Hamill isn't actually talking. It I is wondered. a computer. So for all intents and purposes, this is a computer puppet. Uh, it is a yep. computerized face, computerized voice, which means they can do anything they want with any character. And it was pretty interesting to me when, you know, when you watched uh, Rogue One and you see Tarkin and you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. They did that. It's a dead character, but you kind of need that character. But then when you watch Solo and it's like, oh, well, they actually recast Han Solo. I don't think people like that as much. Even though if they would have deep faked it, it would have been weird. But now the deep fake is pretty close to you know accurate. Um, do you think that this is a way that they're going to keep doing certain things without paying actors? Uh, if, if you have dead people and you have their likeness, there was a lawsuit about this. Yeah, uh, with Back to the Future too, with Crispin Glover because they didn't want to bring Crispin Glover get back because he asked for too much money. So they put a guy in. Facial prosthesis prosthetics to make him look like Crispin Glover, they, and they did a terrible job at that. They did a yeah. bad job, <laughs> um, and they established in a lawsuit precedent that no, you can't do that. So I think moving forward, what Disney's going to do is that they're going to have their actors sign over their likeness for X amount of years after they're done working, just yeah. in case. Yeah, because like you, <laughs> yeah, like you digital said, necromancy's you know, here, Michael. Get get on board. Yeah, because if you think about like what you said, you know, Bruce Willis, uh, he has you know uh, got the rights to his likeness out there, so people can le legitimately deep fake him in their commercials, and you can have Bruce Willis in your commercials just by you know paying for the franchise rights of his face and and voice. And I think that it's a, it's a very strange territory to go into when you can give a company the rights to your likeness without you even needing to be there. Uh, because if, if there isn't an estate that takes over your, you know, all of your assets after you pass, like they could technically just keep remaking you doing things forever. And I just think that's crazy. Hell yeah. Um, I and, love uh, mirror, baby. Yeah. I say if they're going to, if you can just buy Bruce Willis's likeness, remake the PlayStation one game one uh starring bruce willis and that's what they should do with it with the current bruce willis now. god damn michael <laughs> uh, yeah spe speaking of star wars now michael colby's here uh i wanted to run this past you uh, are you a star wars fan michael colby um i am a i'm a normal fan i yeah. love the star wars movies like i've gone to see most of them you know uh, day one i i went and saw all the 
the theater releases of the of the uh, special editions and stuff. Yeah. But I'm also not like watching them all the time. I'm not on any message boards. I'm like a normal fan of how a normal person would be a fan of a normal thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a normal fan. I'm a mega fan of Star Wars. Um, but not in a bad way where like I hate most of it and I hate people that like it. I don't really care about that. I just hey man, I, I like I like the universe. Nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. That's, That's true. And true. you really can't be a good Star Wars fan unless you hate most of it. Yeah. Um, but when doing some research for upcoming Star Wars projects, one kind of stood out as pretty funny to me. And I wanted to see and get your opinion on this. Have you heard of a project called Rebel Moon, Michael Colby? No. So Rebel Moon, apparently when, uh, you know, Batman was doing his thing and he was going big and, and Zack Snyder was like the king of the world, he actually pitched a project to Lucasfilm and it was called Rebel Moon. And it was pretty much the whole thing uh, was set in the Star Wars universe and it was like this gritty, you know, space opera. Apparently Lucasfilm did not like this pitch idea nor wanted to work with him. And he went to Netflix, pitched the exact same idea, just changed the names of the people. So there's no longer Skywalkers, etc. cetera. Uh, but now this thing is still called Rebel Moon and it's coming out. And it's pretty much a Star Wars ripoff. Uh, how do you feel about Zack Snyder ripping off the Star Wars universe? Um, I, don't, I think it might be okay. Um, and would, would you like to have seen I, I like a Zack the... Snyder Star Wars? Yeah, I like the grittier side of Star Wars. I like to see those those like planets that are ravaged by you know what the empire is doing and seeing like the regular people in Star Wars rather than like the Jedi and the empire like the high ups. I want to yeah. see the stories about the regular people in that universe, you know, sort of under a totalitarian government. And yeah. uh, I, that seems like right up Zack Snyder's alley. He, he yeah. would do something like that. So I'm I'm into it. I like to see that. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, of like all tours doing like big projects like a Batman. Even if a lot of people don't like it, uh, I like to see people's take on it. I'm excited to see Matt Reeves version of the Batman. Um, but speaking of like all tours and, and doing, you know, other people's IP, Dylan, what do you think about people like a Sam Raimi that has a vision? that gets put into an MCU movie uh, where, so, you know, Sam Raimi, he's a horror guy. He, he's, you know, he invented really cool different systems of, of filming. Now he has to do Dr. Strange too. And he's someone that is a fan of storytelling and, you know, the, the devices that are with, you know, within the director's wallet. Um, but my question is because the MCU needs you to do different things to make sure they set up different things. And half of every MCU movie is a commercial for the very next one. For instance, Doctor Strange 2 was supposed to come out before the last Spider-Man movie. And in Doctor Strange 2, America Chavez can punch uh, dimensions open. That's one of her powers. And she's going to be introduced to Doctor Strange. Now, Doctor Strange was supposed to come out before the Spider-Man movie. And in the Spider-Man movie, she was supposed to open the portal. She was the one that was supposed to bring in Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. But because of COVID and how things got moved around, they actually had to make Ned the one who learned how to open portals because they couldn't introduce America Chavez, which means that a lot of the stuff has to get moved around and rewritten. Now, how do you feel about giving auteurs IP, but then forcing them to put characters and storylines into it? What's the point of that, you think? I think it's mostly a style thing. 
And I think Sam Raimi, you can see his touch on superhero horror in Spider-Man 2, the Doc Ock hospital room scene, where it's shot like a horror movie. Yeah. Which is one of the most memorable scenes of that movie. Um, but I think Disney has an issue, and they've displayed this before, where they will bring in either high-profile auteurs or indie visionaries, get partway through a movie, realize, oh, they're not... They're, they're too visionary. And then they fire them and bring in Ron Howard or uh, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi or, or Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon or yeah. some other established guy who generally follows the rules. Yeah. And I, I, I hope at some point that, I don't know. I think the Disney machine is too rigid to allow people to really experiment as they like, yeah. but I do appreciate the stylistic touches that they get sometimes. Yeah. And I hope yeah, at some point they are willing to really let that go. Because Scott Scott Derrickson, the one who you know directed the first Doctor Strange, was initially signed on to a second one. And it turns out he was fired because he wasn't able to write the story he wanted to write because he wanted to write about hell. And because Disney has to have a huge China market, China can't really talk about hell because that's not part of their religious system. So Scott Derrickson's like, well, you're not going to give me a good story. So he wrote half of it. Then yeah. they gave it to Sam Raimi, who wrote half of it. And the weird thing is that Sam Raimi, when he was doing the Spider-Man trilogy, was forced to put Venom in the third movie because Avi Arid was a huge Venom fan. was like, let me you know, do this. And Sam Raimi very clearly was not a fan of that character, didn't, didn't resonate with that character, which turned into a very, very bad movie. And he said that. He goes, I'm not proud of this movie. And it's just weird that you would get somebody that has a vision and has storytelling mm -hmm. technique and then make the, and then make them do things. And yep. that's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of ignorant, I think. And I don't like that. And it's almost like they're using Sam Raimi's name to sell more tickets, which doesn't oh, really yeah. make sense. Yeah. Free Sam Raimi. Let him, let him make dark man too. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Well, the last bit of nerd news I want to talk to you guys about, I was going to uh, go into like Oscar nominations or Razzie stuff or whatever. Uh, there is a new category in the Razzie is about uh worst Bruce Willis movie, which I think is kind of a layup, but whatever. Um, but the Razzies the thing... are all about getting easy press anymore. Like it's picking on popular stuff. Yeah, that's true. I don't like that. Yeah. It's not nearly um, as fun as it used to be. But there is, you know, recent news, uh, there is a chance that Futurama is going to get picked up and then rerun. Now, one of the biggest uh, names, uh, Mr. DiMaggio, who voices Bender, has not said that he's going to come back. Every other actor said they're going to come back and do another season, um, except for, is it Joe DiMaggio? John. John, John DiMaggio. DiMaggio. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. Um, Where have you gone? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Joe DiMaggio was a basketball player. Right. And he had, yeah, he, he messed he won up a Super somebody. Bowl. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. he hooked up with somebody named Norma, apparently. Um, so do you think that Futurama with the fan base that it has would recast Bender? Or if he doesn't sign on, would they just not do this project without him? I hope they don't do it without him. Yeah, I they hope can't, they can't do it without Bender for the love of no. Christmas. Yeah, because <laughs> apparently people reach out to Mark Hamill and ask Mark Hamill, hey, if uh, John DiMaggio says no, will you do it? And Mark Hamill very clearly says, no, I'm not doing yeah. it. asking Mark uh, Hamill to scab on Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think that's one of the few ways that I would watch. I'm like, wait, Mark Hamill's Bender. 
all right, I'll check that out. Uh, but still, mm. yeah, I hope John DiMaggio mm. comes back because Bender is one of the best uh, characters slash voices that I think any of. Uh, uh, He's effectively the mascot of the show. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. that show has. I mean, that show is, has a lot of mascots because it's fantastic, but. Yeah, he definitely yeah. is the Bart Simpson of that show, which is yeah. great. Um, all right, well, I'm going to let Dylan uh, introduce the next part, talk about what we did before, what we're doing in the future, and why Michael Colby's here. Yeah, um, so previously uh, we were existing. Uh, I lived in California for a while in Ohio. Zach's from Delaware. We met each other um, in the future. Uh, everybody will die and the universe will collapse into a single cold infinitesimally small point yeah, at which point it, it will probably i'm sorry slow down uh, a little bit Can we uh, just okay. crunch this passive future into like just a couple months well i was just about to talk about the big crunch actually it's yeah when no, everything I, in existence I want to hear about when everybody dies <laughs> no, no I, I, don't, I don't need to hear listen i talk to okay. Dylan a lot and he's always talking about the eventual collapse of society and the collapse of the universe oh this is way past society collapsing but yeah okay so listen, we live in a society you know that can we get joker said that can we hear something about the collapse of society? That's like my bedtime story. Sure. Oh, okay. So it started when uh, Zach and I started making some podcasts. And one of those podcasts was for a network run by a group of robots. Uh, I'm not going to say their name, but uh, they are not related to international business machines. Um, and we started the show, Talking Upstream. And on one of those episodes of Talking Upstream, episode 31, we had Michael Colby and Jack Billings who also contribute to the death of pop culture, just like the rest of us. You know, ironically, uh, if you go to talkingupstream.com, I have no idea what you'll see. It's not in, it's not in service anymore. Oh, uh, it's already going? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we had them on for episode 31. It was a great time. And we ran the idea past them of a magician disappears. Someone dies on stage, doesn't bring them back. What happens next? Came up with this idea called disappearing act, potentially where the magician was part of a gang of, uh, vigilante crime fighting magicians who this guy sent people to hell so he came up with this idea and um i think i told the story well enough that michael fell asleep is that enough about the collapse of society michael well no i would i wanted to hear some violence and stuff i'm awake now like oh okay you you've bored me awake with our actual thing i i was expecting a story about you know some sort of like dictator getting elected and then everybody revolting and then you know everybody and well, then we live in a dystopian he, he was, society he was, he was about to get to that a few years before 2016 there was a gorilla in cincinnati zoo that got shot because a kid fell into its pen the ensuing meme campaign broke mm. the barrier between the internet and the real world which caused people to be influenced further and realize that hey the internet can influence real life a few years later we, we uh, elect a man we elect um oh cool all right he's asleep so anyway uh previously on talking upstream we had this idea Ooh, speaking okay. of electing a man we have a rush we have a bot in the chat with cyrillic letters in the username and i'm gonna block them because they're <laughs> a robot anyway anyway back on track I, i've rambled far enough and everybody's turned off the podcast at this point oh, <laughs> Sorry, oh, okay that's so, what happens when i'm around that's uh, fine <laughs> we're talking about disappearing act the idea is that there was a magician who disappeared someone died and then can't bring them back we expanded on that a little bit turns out the guy's name is alistair turns out he disappeared a person that was on a date with the main character it wasn't going well she winds up in hell 
uh, the main character meets up with this group of vigilante magicians and is going to break her out of hell because it's kind of her fault that she was at the magic show in the first place. Yeah. We went through act one, act two, act three. We have some broad strokes. Um, no, I think that's a plot of sister act. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's sister no? act two back in the saddle. Oh, right. Back in the habit. Oh, sorry. Um, so, so I, I've I've had a, I've had an idea for a story called Creature of Habit for a very long time, and that ooh, like a Cthulhu mind. tentacle face nun. No, a werewolf nun fights off criminals in like Mexican American Civil War. Does she ever say the line "I kick ass for the Lord"? Sure, why not? <laughs> What's the habit part? Nuns wear habits. Yeah, it's the name of the, their That's the hat, the cloth oh. hat that they wear. Oh, I thought it was like oh, a, hey, a bunch of like uh, fingernail chewing nuns fighting people. <laughs> 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 like that's a bad habit. No, no you you establish good habit. <laughs> you establish that this nun, for as long as she's been alive, has been really, really hell bent. We'll use that pun on uh, <laughs> fighting injustice. Like when they, when she was a kid, she like you know threw a rock at a soldier or something. It's like, listen, you got to kick that. Like that's not going to do you any favor. So then when she becomes a werewolf, she fights off the soldiers that are threatening the con, uh, the con, oh, con she's a convent. social justice warrior. I'm not watching that shit. Sure is <laughs> social justice werewolf. Oh, I bet she doesn't <laughs> shave either. <laughs> Shaven justice werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm here for the, the shaven justice. Oh my God. All right, uh, I want to be in on this uh, on this talking up stream as well. Sure, like we when we, when we flesh first. out this idea of the shaven justice werewolf. Yeah, I, I'm I'm stalling for no reason other than I have an audience right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Okay, come on. Dylan. So yeah, I hey, I'm centering <laughs> myself. Um, so we have Act One <laughs> relatively fleshed out. We've got some major sequences there. Main character and partner on an awkward day at a magic show. Partner gets disappeared. Magician dies. Main character thinks they're being ghosted. Realizes they're not. Uh, goes to the funeral of the magician. Runs into the coven of magicians. They're like, "Hey, we'll get your babe out of hell." She's like, "Well, she's not my babe. We we went on one date." And they're like, "We don't care about that. The story has to start." <laughs> They decide to help the main character out because Alistair was part of their group or something. I don't know. Uh, act two is kind of hazy, but it's a lot of getting the team together. Clancy Brown plays like the sinister, like sinister Satanist kind yeah. of magician, like the, the edgy one. And there is this whole, most of the movie is getting the team together and a scheme where they realize they have to trade a soul for a soul. So they kidnap the cop. That was the original target of the magician's act. He's a bad cop. <laughs> He's a bad cop. Real pig. Better, better than the rest. Real pig um, face cop. They debate on acceptable soul trades. Go ahead, Zach, do it. I was going to, well, I was going to say he probably just puts boogies on people's shirts. Oh, sure. And targets people of color. Anyway, it's very, very um, unsavory. I mean, very that's, unsavory. that's normal cop behavior. We don't, we don't even have to mention that part. Yes. Well, I was trying to remember um, what else he did in Jojo, but that's fine. Um, and <laughs> the idea was that they don't get, shirt. <laughs> they don't get into hell until the end of the first, uh, second act. Yeah. And when they get into hell, 
there's a little bit of a rescue operation. They run right past the waiting room. Yeah. It's, they're like, well, she's probably already in the seventh layer or something like that. Uh, Clancy Brown betrays the party by taking the cop's soul and is going to trade it for someone or Alistair takes the cop's soul and is going to trade it for his own. Yeah. Or someone Al- grabs. <clears throat> yeah. I think Alistair was going to take the soul and trade it for his own. Yeah. Try and... to get back to earth. And then there was uh we were going to try to have like a weird fake scramble on how to get another soul when Clancy Brown reveals that you actually don't need a soul. And that's when we just grab the person out of the waiting room and just run out. Yes, they realize that the partner is still waiting in line because hell is a massive bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. And the check-in kind of like luggage check takes forever. So they just find the partner and get out. They get out of hell. Uh, everybody kind of parts ways. The main character's like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. But like, talk about a thrilling first date, right? Any chance you want to like try to start over? And the partner says, hey, like, Nah, there's no way in hell. Smash cut to credits. Hell yeah. Smash cut to uh, uh, some song by The Darkness because this is going to be... Hell yes! yes. I love it. And then uh, the movie ends. Bork. (laughs) Bork, bork. Uh, I mean, the The only one is... No. Uh, The Darkness is like... uh, uh, Love is only a feeling... What's their big one? I believe Michael? in a thing called love. That's like it. the very high, oh. like the glam rock. Oh, I was thinking of disturbed. No, they that, tried to no, do no, they no, tried no. to do hair metal in the early 2000s. This is so they were too much early. better. Like, no, like yeah, like, like the, the partner says no way in hell, and then I believe in a thing called love starts playing, and that is fucking Yeah, I love that. Yeah, there okay, we go. so uh let, let's let's try to get this whole thing done uh with this episode. We'll move on to like a new project next week. Um, right? We can pretty much get that done, right? Sure. Uh, it depends because on how in-depth we want to go. We went really in-depth on uh, Deadbeat because that's a really fun one. Yeah. Um, if we well, want to just one, do like a real baseline kind of like just. I I think that one of the things we should really work on is the characters. I think once we get together a solid list of these characters, like who the team is, I think that's going to kind of help out how episode or the, the, the second act goes. Because if we're looking for like if we're kind of getting the team together who these people are, I think might help out a little bit, sure. um, especially if that's all. So what we say that when they're at the, the fake funeral for the friend, right? That's when we have, um, or is, is it Alistair's funeral? Alistair's, Alistair's funeral, funeral. Yes. Yeah. And in the back, what, what do we have? Like four or five people, three or four people. <laughs> Let's go four tops. Let's go four. Cause that way Alistair was their fifth man. All right, cool. And they need a new fifth man. That makes sense. And Clancy right. Brown is one of them. So we need, well, Clancy Third. Brown's not there, though. Well, then you have to go get him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it'll be three at at the funeral. We go and get Clancy Brown. Because Clancy Brown and Alistair had a falling out. Yeah. Now, I like there being a set of twins. But my question is, is one of the twins Alistair? And they still have the other twin? Because that could probably get into some weird shenanigans with that. <laughs> or do we have just two of the three, just a set of twins? That maybe oh, don't you talk. Could... You could do where Alistair's twin double crosses to try to get Alistair out of hell. Yeah. I like that. Um, I also maybe like there being like almost triplets and maybe Clancy Brown is like. Oh, like you know, fraternal the, twins so, like, and then an extra. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you so, meant so a pair of twins actually, and then a set of triplets. And I'm like, so all of the magicians are played by the same two people? No, Dude. this is great because that would that would give an easy out for Clancy Brown because he always felt like the outside yeah. person to this set of twins that he's... Uh, because that happens in yeah. real life. And like Alistair and the Earth Twin were doing like the prestige move and Clancy Brown was really trying to work on real magic. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I think that's fine. Sure. I like that. Yeah, um, I like that a lot. Okay, and then the other one is um. So let, let, all right, so if we're building a team and it's going to be a heist, we would need each of these people to have like a, a special skill. Yeah, so, that's what I'm thinking because because right. Alistair's is teleporting people to hell. Yeah, so one of them has to be like a sleight of hand person that can like be really good at pickpockets and steal slash maybe a mentalist. I have no idea because I like I always like scenes of people that think they're mentalists like trying to pick apart something. You know, kind of like in the scene of Jojo where he's like, "You're looking for your thing. What's well, in the back pocket?" Because you yeah. have this on your front, you know. And um, you know, so if there's like a mentalist, I think that's always funny too. Okay, is a mentalist is the mentalist one of the so I figured Alistair's twin brother could be named Anton. So that <laughs> yep. way you have Alistair and Anton, you know, yep, you, love the it. two occultists. Love and then it. we can name Clancy Brown's character. Um, who was the who was the fake mystic who got exposed? No, the other one. Um, Yuri Geller. His name can be Yuri. Okay. Cool. Alistair, Anton, and Yuri. I'm into that. Named after the three most prominent mystics of the age. We skipped Rasputin because nobody wants a kid named Grigory. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, but but the other guy, his name is just Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, the the uh what's his what's his specialty? Um so he can, I think he can drink poison. He's like the the glass eater, you know, he nope. can drink bleach. <laughs> What if he's like just a David Blaine? It's like, all right, so what's your skill? He's like, oh, I can sit in a block of ice for like seven days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, is that magic? It's like, can you do it? Okay. Well, then. Flatulent you know. ventriloquism? When you oh. fart someone's voice. <laughs> or or he can throw his farts. <laughs> oh, no. He can make your farts sound and smell like other people's farts. In the distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shoots his fart across the room. <laughs> So he's like half the one guy from Police Academy, half the spleen from uh, Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> wow, like, wait. nice Mystery Men. Oh, my God. oh I love it. Oh, he it. talks about Mystery Men all the time. I do. I I, I do like that movie. It's I like, good. I like it's Power way being better angry. than people give it credit for. It really is. And it holds, it really up, so, it holds up so much better. Um, okay, I, I like that. Um, all right, so we have the three the three guys that are at the funeral, and they're like, uh, throwing farts is real. This isn't magic, and I can prove it. Yeah, we'll have to I'm, have you on the show sometime. Yeah, Nick, you're gonna have to do that when I'm not here because that sounds horrendous. He'll throw it over to you, and then it'll be like, "Oh, Michael farted." <laughs> yeah, he can actually throw them in different area codes. So he he's in like Westchester currently, but he can easily make a fart oh, pop up. No, he's in, like, close. Area. <laughs> <laughs> I got the whips and all the zips. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. have to move. I'm gonna have to move. I'm way too close to Nick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so we have uh, we have our our three main magicians that are at the that are at the funeral. We have Alistair, right? 
no, we no, we have it's Anton. Alistair's funeral. We well, have I'm just Greg. saying, as far as like Anton's old... not. Oh wait, yeah, Anton is the twin. twin. Yeah, so Anton, Greg, <laughs> and who's the third magician at the funeral? I like I like a, a pickpocket sleight of hand, like a street small... magician. Yeah. yeah. Right, like cool. uh played by Tig Notaro. Love it. Uh yeah. Their oh, name is you don't um, have to talk me into Tig Notaro. Their name is Tig Notaro. <laughs> it is it is Tig Notaro playing <laughs> herself. Yeah, yeah Tig the Street. Tig Notaro. <laughs> Tig it to the street. Playing herself. <laughs> uh I like that. Okay, so we have our, our main our three people that are at the funeral, and we have our main character, and what's their name? Claire? Sure. All right. And Claire walks by them and was like, what, what are you guys doing at this, at this funeral? And it, it's like, it's like fake mysterious, right? They're like, we're here to see you. And they're like, what, why? Like, well, actually, who, who are you? We're here to yeah. see somebody. Named, we're here to see somebody named Claire. We're, we're paying. We're no, they're not there to seek her out. They don't know yet. Oh, I figure it's like, they show up at the funeral because they knew Alistair and they're like, okay. you think you went too far this time? You think he went too far? And Claire walks up and is like, are you talking about? He he did go too far. He disappeared, my friend. And they're like, wait, who are you? Who's your friend? What are you talking yeah. about? It's like, well, we were at his last show and he disappeared, my friend, and they're gone. They haven't gone back. And they're like, oh, 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 Alistair might have actually gone too far this time. Yeah. And I guess it will we'll have a little bit of exhibition conversation where it's, where like maybe Anton's like. Oh, he was saying he was doing like his one last thing, but I thought he was just quitting magic. And we know that he can't quit the yeah. gathering. Um, <laughs> so, all right. And then I, I, I thought at one point we had kind of set up where it was going to be a bit of like mafia versus magicians, right? Was that a thing or do we kind of uh, push that I, away? I think we put that to the side for a different. That's a different project. Yeah. Okay. So in the first half an hour of this movie, we have the magic show, the mm -hmm. funeral. Mm -hmm. Now we're having Claire meet the other magicians, right? Mm -hmm. We have the exposition that they know what Alistair, what Alistair can do, what he most likely has done, and that the only way to resolve this is to go get... What's what's his name? Go, uh... Anton? Oh, no. Cla uh, Clancy Brown. <laughs> Yuri. Yeah. Yuri. So... Right? Is, is that that that's how the events yeah. go? Yeah. So pretty much the, the building of the team isn't really a part of this because the team I is already not. together. We're just going to go get Clancy Brown. And what what's the issue once we get there, which has to be all right, where where does he live? Where where I do think, they have to go? I think the issue is getting Yuri to agree to it. And I think yeah. Yuri's issue is like you have to prove you're serious. If we're going into hell, you have to prove you're serious because I'm not I don't want to go back there. It's not great. Yeah. So to prove you're serious. You need to get the soul that Alistair was trying to get. And then the main thrust of the second act is them running the soul heist on the cop. Okay, cool. <laughs> so there's and, magicians and... versus cops, but in a better way than now you see me. Yes. I like that. And then we can also even have maybe the cops being protected by some of the mafia. So we could even have like a little bit of magician versus mafia thing trying to get this cop. I don't sure. know why they're doing it. Just for you, Zach. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, the more why I think about it, the more I like be protecting a cop. Because he's a bad cop. He's a bad cop. He's in on the take, whatever that means in movies. Uh, I don't like, I don't like the, I don't like the mafia being on the side of the cops. <laughs> okay. So if we uh, put the mafia in, I think they should be the good guys. I think they should help. 
kidnapped oh, okay. the cop. All, all right, right, cool. So, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Tig so, has like connections with the miles. So she yeah. does a bunch of tricks for him all the time. Yeah, Wait, I did. Is, I did a show is... for Jimmy's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Jimmy the foot? No, Jimmy the no. kneecap. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, he's Jimmy the ankle now. He grew up. Ooh. <laughs> now, what is what is Yuri's problem with Alistair? Why don't they like each other? Asshole younger brother who yeah, because wouldn't because he's the outcast between the triplets because because the twins maybe were when always they go, together. And maybe when they were like, learning, I, I do like that. They're like the twins are always together, and he was the one. I was like, well, I want to be part of prestige. Like, you yeah, don't he was look like, like the us. third wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like maybe if Alistair was training on like transporting things to hell, he was maybe practicing on Yuri. Uh, oh. and that's and Yuri's like, look, I I don't like going to hell yeah. i was there from the age of 12 to 15 you guys know that because you kept practicing on me while you were doing your prestige business um okay so and then yuri tells him that, that they need they need the soul to, to swap it he's like you have to prove you're serious okay yeah. you need so, to get the soul that he was looking for and they like the main character finds out that um, you know, she finds out that the cop who gave them the t- or the person who gave them the tickets was a cop, you know, and sort of figures it out from there that, you know, probably with yeah. Tignataro's help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that that was who he was actually going after because he's when the cop. I'm I'm assuming when the cop gives them the tickets, he's like acting nervous and like yeah. shady got a big fake mustache and a pork, <laughs> pork pie hat yeah real, real, I, he, real. I, because we had the idea and i really like the idea that when she goes to the police station to report them missing the cop recognizes her yeah. and buries the story so we yeah. need some way for claire to not recognize the cop when she goes to the station unless all cops look alike which kind of that would be good, like in Super Troopers, where they all just have the mustache. Yeah. They're all just white guys with like the buzz cut and mustaches. Yeah. And maybe there's even like a weird scene where it's like, "Hey, you're the you're the one from the magic show," and Claire's like, "How do you how do you know that?" Or whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, I don't. All right, I, so yeah, he shouldn't say anything about it because he doesn't want to be known that he was the one who gave them the tickets. Yeah, cool. So. Now they they have this cop. They find this out through the help of Tignataro and her mentalism. And they what they kidnap the cop, right? Which is a, a probably a pretty funny scene. And they put him in the back of their Datsun, and <laughs> they bring them back to Yuri. And or can can we just like can we just say that Tignataro like gothic type, you know, suits and stuff, and drives a hearse. And they oh. put him in the back of the hearse. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> she, she does funeral magic. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. Well, no, well, it just that's just her like just style. No, yeah. Yeah, style. I'm just kidding. All right. So they bring they bring the, the, the cop back to Yuri. And, and what is how does Yuri handle having a kidnapped cop? You did uh, it. I guess I'll take it seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I he he he's into it he's been waiting to get back but he's not gonna do it for just anybody all right he's chomping at the bit to to do some real magic again all right i like that and now i guess 
now that Yuri's on board, Yuri knows how to get back to hell, which means we're probably going to need to gather a couple, uh, you know, some equipment uh, to get ready for this, right? We probably need some hell weapons because uh, I like the I like a montage building up, right? Yeah. So I say we have like a montage of of gathering stuff and uh, tightening our shoelaces and uh, putting on like suntan lotion because hell's probably hot. I have no idea. Um, and uh, because I, I guess what I like to build up to is getting to hell and then <laughs> and then seeing our people there and then they're like, wait, you brought the cop? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I thought we needed his soul to to do this. It's like no, we 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 don't we. Well, uh, yeah, but also I do like that that they did need the soul, but something happens that screws up the soul transfer. Oh, okay. And then instead of like it paying off, we just grab you know we grab the partner yeah. and run. Yeah, because I, I, I like the I think that we said this last week. I like the idea that Alistair thinks that you need to trade a soul for a soul to get out of hell. But yeah. Clancy Brown's character knows that you don't because he's been there before. Yeah. But they just happen to have brought the cop with them. And that's when Alistair comes around. He's like, oh, my God, you, great. And uh, and he steals the cop's soul to, to trade it. And you obviously don't need it. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I like the twin like being in Alistair's twin. What did we call him? Anton Anton being like the whole time scheming that he was going to trade the cop soul for Alistair. So like he lets the rest of them get them down to hell with the plan of he's going to trade the cop soul for Alistair and then he does that. Does Alistair get out then? Uh, I don't, we don't know. Beyond the scope of the story. Okay. Yeah. So, but so I Al, do... like Alistair actually doesn't matter. Yeah. But I do like Anton wanting to get Alistair out of hell, which kind of pushes all of this story. Um, because if he's almost like behind the scenes being like, I, I kind of have this idea on how to get Alistair out, but I'm going to need Yuri's help and we need something else. Yeah. And then maybe Anton pushes this whole thing. You know, he's like, Hey, if we go and try to interact with Claire, maybe we can get Yuri on board. So I, I almost like that idea of Anton being like a mastermind trying to get his twin brother out of hell. Yeah. Because they, they think you just got to trade souls, but you don't. Yeah, know. He's, he's the secret antagonist. Yeah. Sure. I'm into that. Um, Especially if maybe he was the one that was supposed to do the cop twist and Alistair did it instead and messed it up. Who knows? I don't know. We can get back to that. Um, cause I, 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 I think it's, I think it's fine just that Alistair dies doing his thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe Anton's thing is close to that, but yeah. send him to yeah. Serbia. <laughs> I don't know why Serbia. I'm not necessarily comparing that with Helen first one that came to mind he's yeah. he's it's just like a like yeah i guess what hot and deserty sure is that, yeah is that hell no i think hell's like hell's yeah. like that real stagnant office waiting room that just has like the one kind of flickering light but well doesn't we were flicker talking, when you look at it we were talking that that the waiting room is purgatory but like hell is actually awesome and i think we should get oh. a glimpse of that 
but never get into actual hell. Like maybe they open a door <laughs> and just to get into like hell and beat. Yeah, we see a cool party, <laughs> but but we never actually get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what make hell worse because you finally get down. And you go, oh, hell's not that bad. It's like, yeah, but I mean. Dude, yeah, the, the weight, the weight to get in there is six thousand years. It's like, where's the balance? I'm like, I don't know. He's been on lunch for a couple of years. You can always, you can always go up to heaven. I hear there are tables all the time. Open. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but it's really just Dave Matthews Band all day, <laughs> like a brunch. It's got to be awful. Um, okay, so I, I, I think that this is cool. I think that we kind of, I don't know if we can stretch this out to an hour and a half though. I don't think on... this is movie length. Yeah, based on what we got so far, but I do like how this is all flowing. Um, okay. I'm sure so, there's something that would fit if we like, if we took the time and really sat down to brainstorm this story. There yeah, is yeah. plenty of stuff we could add to it. Yeah, because it's, it's all it's all down to the scenes now. I mean, yeah, we have yeah, the basic is, arc. This is a very good like overview of what's go like of the main beats yeah yeah but i i think this could easily get turned into a, a hundred minute movie with like a, you know a montage some some dialogue in the middle like slow it slow it down a little bit in yeah. the middle you know some exposition and you know some character building yeah because i i mean a bunch of magicians that know each other, know actual magic, know somebody who can teleport somebody to hell. Like there's interesting character stuff that can get done in here. Um, especially if you have, I mean, if you have Clancy Brown and Tignataro and like a lot of good character he, actors. Yeah. Lots of good <laughs> character actors who can do these sorts of things. Yeah. And, you uh, know, maybe was uh, Alistair? it was, um, Third Rock, what was his name? Topher Grace? No, Third Rock and his son. Ashley yeah, Kutcher? John Lithgow. Lithgow. John Lithgow. Yeah, As... Lithgow twice. Yes, two Alistair John Lithgows. One's yeah. very, <laughs> one's very like one's Third very Rock sinister. from the Sun over the top. Yeah. Um, like comedy. And then the other one is like, uh, what's that movie that he's in with uh, Denzel Washington? Ricochet? Like ricochet <laughs> evil over the top. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I would love that. Um, all right. And our main characters, we have Michelle Rodriguez and uh who was the other one? I don't I never remember the second one. Oh, it's what uh uh Twilight. Oh yeah, Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yep. Yeah, I love all this. Um, all right, cool. So then it wraps up with them just grabbing uh Kristen Stewart right or just yeah. grabbing her yeah, out, running of, out, of the, out of the line and running away <laughs> running out we have a little bit of like i guess i like that i like it like a really just underwhelming hectic scene like three people in the room like hey what are you doing and they're yeah. like hey you get out of here we're getting like, no fine. cutting yeah we no don't cutting. Just don't step my feet you know and, and they then, run out and then they're like, oh my God, oh my god we did it we did it and then they like put Chris and Stewart down and she's you know they're like what what's going on guys yeah <laughs> it's like okay listen you got sent to hell and we blah 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 and then they have that cute little moment where i guess like i guess like anton and maybe yuri are going to go back to hell to save alistair we don't know or follow them around and then we have like tignataro walking away with our two leads 
And then they're like, no, you can you can go too. And Tikantara walks away. And then Chris <laughs> I, is doing. <laughs> I like I like only Yuri and Tignataro. Um and who's the third one? And the third one? Yeah. yeah. Uh Greg. <laughs> Greg. Greg the illusionist. Yeah. Are the only ones and like so something something Anton stayed behind. Yeah. And we don't know, you know, what happens to those two. Like, yeah. Maybe Anton stayed behind to see if he could get Alistair out, but we don't know if that happened or if Anton stays in hell. Yeah. And I, I do like that. I do like a weird scene where like, so it's like the five of them, right? It's like the three magicians and then the two uh, lead uh, women. And they're like, hey, we did it. And they're like, well, Anton's still back there. Like, yeah. Can you help us get Anton? And they're like, well, <laughs> no, like I, I don't even know you guys. And it's yeah. like, but, but we helped you. Yeah. And then like, and then Michelle Rodriguez I'm not looks qualified. Like, Michelle Rodriguez looks at Kristen Stewart and is like, so what do you think? Second date? And they're like, hell <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's the second date is going back to hell to get yeah. Anton. And oh, I like it. I like All right, it. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that's good for what this is. Yeah. I think what we really need to do is sit down and and kind of get a couple scenes good together just to kind of fluff up some of the spots. Um, yeah. And just some punchy dialogue, really, just to make. Uh, each of these characters feel like a real fleshed out person. Yeah, uh, this but I th- this definitely needs act like character actors who are willing to go all in on this sort of thing. Yeah, because it, this could be a very interesting thing with interesting characters if they're willing to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. could also be a pile of garbage if you get a couple of people who like phone it in i think this is one of those types of of projects that lives and dies on how into the thing that the people who are doing it are yeah all right i'll, I'll reach out to john lithgow tonight and see what's going yeah. on with him <laughs> after watching his... honestly i think that's all we need i think if if we can get john lithgow on this yeah. just everybody else is gonna go like well, I gotta try to keep up with John. Oh, yeah. well, I get to work on with Lithgow I mean, and like a magician. Like, hey, look, yeah, maybe. these he guys got Progresso soup commercials now. He's he's not above yeah. doing a, a magician movie. Yeah, well, I mean, he was soup as he wants. He was just Winston Churchill, and he did a phenomenal job with that. Uh, but I mean, I, he's great in everything. He's oh, in. that's no, I I'm a hundred percent behind that. And um, not to not to uh, talk about Ricochet too much, but uh, dude, we did. Great we did training day on real mm-hmm. boys and uh I, I was complaining the whole time about uh ethan hawk not being able to keep up with with denzel yeah i i watched ricochet not that long ago and guess what john lithgow can keep up with denzel and it is amazing yeah and you wouldn't think that john lithgow could hold it with denzel no you, but, you especially would. as a bad guy but he definitely does he's he's a great bad guy yeah he doesn't play bad guy very often, but uh, not not lately. But he yeah. used to. He's there's a bunch of movies where hmm. he plays. Oh, like Cliffhanger. Plays. He is in Cliffhanger. He's the bad guy in Cliffhanger. He's also that. the bad guy on the best season of Dexter. Oh, I, I won't. And he is amazing in that. That's cool. He's amazing. Period. He's amazing. All right. So once we get Lithgow, then you know I think the rest. Yeah, of the the, just... the rest of it will oh, yeah. fall into place. Lithgow's yeah, first, and and everybody else will fall. Into and honestly, place. once we punch a script up, how could he say no? Like, why would he? I, 
he double would, rolls in yeah. out of hell. Yeah. Double rolls. Magic. Gets Mafia. to work with Clancy Brown. <laughs> if he signs on. We'll say, look, if you sign on, we'll definitely get Clancy Brown. All right. Yeah. Well, that uh, was what we're calling Disappearing Act. I think it's going to turn into hell no or something else uh, soon. But hell no. Either no way. Ch- <laughs> or no way in hell. Or no way I- I'm hell. sure no way in hell is a movie already. <laughs> I mean, they all are. Yeah, they all are. Everything's something already. Uh, but we do appreciate anyone paying attention to us. We have created a whole bunch of weird stuff with uh, your help, with Michael Colby's help, uh, with other people's help. You can see people. Uh, you ever seen the movie Pixels? Well, we talked to that guy who created the movie Pixels. And you can check out that cool interview on our YouTube chat. You ever seen The Faculty? There that cool is. movie, The Faculty, with John Stewart? Yep, I did. Yeah, we talked to the guys who created and wrote that movie. If you want to see that interview, you can check that out over on our YouTube channel as well. Either way, we create a whole bunch of cool stuff. We want to keep on creating, and uh, we want to thank the people that help us, uh, other than Michael Colby, who definitely helps us by uh, uh, creating funny stuff that we really got to beat because there's not many people out there that do funnier stuff than what we do, except for Mr. Michael Colby. So go check that stuff out. Um, But to the people that do help us, uh red flanagan want to show a big a big big thank you a uh, big air hug uh across the internet to red flanagan sarah tukachik tonja Sheck, our east coast friends uh jeff dwaskin and scott curtis over behind the bits uh if you want to be somebody that helps us out and really pushes us to make more and more stuff go check out our patreon over at patreon.com backslash Jack Billings, some, some nobodies, or yeah, go ahead over Jack Billings too. You get to see uh, uh you get to see Michael Colby's feet, which is weird. He puts up yeah. uh, uh, oh, f- foot, yeah, foot day Fridays. That's actually, every Friday morning, he puts up a picture of his heel. All fifteen you- toes, baby. <laughs> that is that's for people who don't subscribe. People who don't subscribe <laughs> to the Patreon get pictures of my feet, and you do not want them. It's a long mailing list. It's oh, I thought nail. you were going to talk about my long nails because you're not subscribed to my uh, Patreon either. No, I want the feet. Honestly, <laughs> if I just get nonstop feet, why would I? Uh, that's all I'm looking for anyway. Uh, but yeah, and, and really go check out stuff that Dylan writes. You know, he wrote uh, Silicon Angels. I don't know if you know that. It's award-winning podcast, Silicon Angels. He also uh, has written award-winning podcasts such as Podcast Podcast, a podcast show. Uh, I think I'm going to start making I'm going to make, make my voice crack every time I say podcast from now on. Uh, I like that. Uh, go check out podcast, podcast, podcast show. Um, yeah. Also, create your own pod venture. Beautiful thing. Cool. Uh, Dylan Terry is uh, really just a wordsmith. I tell you, if that guy can tickle something, it's a keyboard. That guy can tickle a keyboard and pump out some filthy words. <laughs> yeah, that's how uh, I pay my rent, baby. I know. Just, just tickling smut. things and tickling Whoa. things and pumping out filthy words. Uh, <laughs> but for <laughs> Choice, your choice of words right there is pretty filthy. Yeah, I'm disgusted. Right. And uh, from one of my favorite, from one of my favorite mouths himself, Michael Colby, please tell people where they can listen to you. Well, uh, you can catch me over at Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex. Uh, the new, well, one of the the latest full episode Newest. has uh, has nope. uh, Mr. Zach Wiseman in there. Um, yeah as the ghost of Adam Lynch, the Reading, Ohio butt stabber, um, setting up a setting up a a cinematic universe where oh. a bunch of characters, including Marcus Fiasco, uh, who is voiced by Dylan Terry, um, and a bunch of other people go to uh, 
stop Jack and Kevin Train Moxley's father, who um, is 72 people Frankensteined together. Um, he's a giant, he's a giant unkillable monster and they have to stop him. Um, it, of the sep- of the 72 pieces, what is the smallest? Um, the left testicle. Oh, he only has oh. the two testicles. I thought you were going to say the heart. Oh no, he has like 17 hearts and one of oh, them cool. is from like a, a antelope. All right. So <laughs> yeah, very strange. Well, I so happen to be pro-lope, so you got to be careful around here. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and then if you want episodes early, but unedited, so you can hear our goof-ups and and uh, chatter, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon, and then you'll know what's going to happen before it happens, um, and we also do extra <laughs> stuff just for Patreon. Patreon.com backslash some nobodies. Um, I also have... <laughs> I also have uh, Generation Clash, which is a music podcast. Uh, we just we just recorded the Voltaire episode last night. That comes out on Thursday, um, and then I do I love this terrible game, which is a video game podcast where we talk about video games. Yep, I'm not allowed on that show. No, you're not. <laughs> We're trying to get Dylan, <laughs> but you only you only play like what Ms. Pac Man, which is fine. Oh. But I play Ms. Pac-Man. I play a lot of Animal Crossing. I play every Lego game known to man okay. over and over and over again uh, to 100%. And then I started over again. But that's wow. pretty much it. And then also uh, Jurassic Park on Super Nintendo. Wow. Okay. Maybe we will have you on as like a, a study on what's wrong with some people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to answer that. <laughs> well, it's Legos. <laughs> Very easy. Uh, but yeah, go check out all those. Go check out any, literally open up something and you type in Jack Billings or type in some nobodies and you'll find something that will interest the H-E-L-L out of you. Uh, Dylan Terry, do you have anything you would like people to know before we head out of here? Nah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, folks, uh, I have been Zach. He has been Dylan. And you've been great. Have a great day. Drink some water. Bye. 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 What? What?